What if you had a guide who could tell you how to bridge a gap between who you are today and who you're destined to be? What if each week you could hear a story of someone who has tried and succeeded, or perhaps tried and failed, but learned something in the process? Limitless Spirit is a weekly podcast where host Helen Todd interviews guests about topics and personal stories on defining life's purpose, pursuing personal growth, and developing a deeper faith in Christ. Every New Year's Eve, millions of people around the globe celebrate with the hope that next year will be better than the last. In America alone, 74% of the population make New Year's resolutions. Welcome to the first episode of the Limitless Spirit podcast in the year 2022. I'm going to start with a question. What would you like to change about your life in the new year? So according to statistics, the top categories on the list of resolutions among Americans are health, self-improvement, and money in that order. And the interesting thing is, if you break it down by the age groups, 91.8% of Generation Z make New Year's resolutions, and they're mostly about self-improvement. 88.6% of Millennials make New Year's resolutions, and they're mostly about money, finances. And only 78.6% of Generation X make New Year's resolutions, 60.9% of baby boomers, and 46.8% of the silent generation plan to change something about their lives in the upcoming year. And I find it interesting that as we grow older, we're less inclined to make resolutions or commit to changes in our lives. So the question is, do we lose hope in ourselves or do we lose hope, period? When it comes to New Year's resolutions, I have a love-hate relationship because I love setting them and I hate failing them. There was a time when on January 1st, I would write out my resolutions for the year and on January 1st of the following year, I would review them. And so I stopped doing that. But overall, I'm in favor of setting goals for a new year because sometimes even failed New Year's resolutions can produce unexpected results at a later time. 16 years ago, on New Year's Eve, I decided to drop the pregnancy pounds after the birth of my son, so I bought a treadmill. And it started out like a classic treadmill story. After a few weeks of use, it was abandoned and eventually it was used as a storage shelf. But five years later, our church hosted a 5K to raise money for a good cause, and walking the 5K inspired me to sign up for a half marathon. I had never been a runner prior to that. In fact, I thought I didn't like running. It was a cold winter, and so running outside was not possible. So I dusted off the treadmill, and I quickly discovered that running even one mile was a huge commitment. 13 miles seemed like an impossible goal, and I wanted to quit, but the race organizers didn't offer refunds for quitters, so I carried on. And it was during these treadmill runs that I discovered a secret. It was much easier to finish one mile if you broke it mentally into small goals. 
just a quarter mile more, I would tell myself, anyone can do a quarter of a mile. And after I finished a quarter, I would set my mind on just one more quarter. And sometimes a quarter seemed like too much. And so I broke it down to 0.1 mile goals. Another thing I discovered on that treadmill that my body obeyed my mind. When I felt like I couldn't make one more step, my mind said, just one more, and my body obeyed. When the date of the race came, I was still not sure I could run 13 miles. But I applied the trick that helped me during my treadmill runs. Anyone can make just one more step. And eventually these steps add to 13.1 mile and you finish the race. If you feel exhausted or depleted or perhaps even hopeless at the beginning of 2022, I want to encourage you, focus on just one more step. And whether you have set a personal goal or not for this upcoming year, I want to invite you to join me in a challenge for the next couple of months that I think will add value and hope and a new perspective to the year 2022. In the new series on this podcast, we will focus on studying the kingdom of God. If you know Christ, you most likely know that he came to earth to be the perfect sacrifice for our sins. But few Christians recognize that he also came to establish the kingdom of God, and we have an active place in this process. Historically, we live in a unique time because it is a time when the kingdom of God already is, but is yet to come. The world's events, the concerns, they often block for us the reality of the kingdom. And we forget that within the kingdom, everything looks different. What looks like a lack and need is indeed a promise. What looks like a desert is a valley. What looks weak is strong and vice versa. We forget how much we need to know the kingdom and be in the kingdom. Jesus intimately knew all our anxieties and needs, even the ones we face today in 2022. Because he was a human like us, he offered a very practical, not a philosophical advice. He basically gave us a blueprint for success despite pandemics, storms, declining morals in a society, insufficient leaders, corrupt governments, in the face of persecution, injustice, inflation, and all the other things that keep you awake at night or rob you of your joy and hope. In Matthew 6, Jesus said, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about what your body will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that even not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? 
So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Jesus suggested that his kingdom and righteousness are the foundation for every good thing in your life. All your unmet needs, unfulfilled goals, forgotten dreams are waiting on you to lay this foundation. The tears that you have shed in secret, the disappointment, the anxiety, they all have a meaning, a value, and a resolution, but only within the realm of his kingdom. If you think about it, this is the ultimate New Year's resolution. Need to improve your health? Seek the kingdom of God. Want to be better at something? Gain control over your finances? Start with the kingdom. The big question is, though, how do we seek it? What is the kingdom? Where is it? These are the subjects we will explore in That's Kingdom series. With the grand finale at the Greater Purpose Conference on March 30th, 31st, and April 1st. The reason we chose the theme That's Kingdom for the conference is because it is so foundational. It is impossible to discover our life's purpose outside the realm of the kingdom. We're its citizens. The laws of the kingdom are created for us and we're created for its laws. By the way, if you can't travel to Branson, Missouri for the conference, the good news is you can sign up for the digital version on our website, rfwma.org. But going back to the verse 33 in Matthew 6, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. How do we actually seek the kingdom? It seems like something too broad, too big, maybe even confusing to grasp. Not unlike the commitment to run a marathon. So in the following episodes, we will break it down into smaller steps. For myself, I started this journey in seeking God's kingdom by meditating on this verse. And I saw something interesting that I want to share with you, perhaps a piece of a puzzle. By the way, here's one more example of my failed New Year's resolutions. Um, Every year on January 1st, we as a family start a read-through-the-Bible plan. And this last year, in 2021, I got significantly behind on my reading. So on January 1, I found myself on two plans, reading the prophecies of Jeremiah on the 2021 plan, while at the same time following Abraham from Ur to Canaan in the 2022 plan. And when I follow a read through the Bible plan, it's not just reading the scriptures. I go on the rabbit trails chasing certain words, names, dates that interest me. And it is a very involved process. And so being on two plants is definitely stretching me in the new ways, but I actually love it. With Abraham's story fresh on my mind, I drew a parallel between Jesus's call to seek the kingdom of God with Abraham being called by God to a new land. So this land is real, yet seemingly unattainable. It does not belong to Abraham. He has no roots there, no right to this land. Also, to seek it, he has to leave things behind, 
relationships, possessions, memories? Is this promised land good? Is it better than what he knows and has? Is it worth it? Abraham does something very radical. He believes, believes no questions asked. That's a big one. What will you leave behind in 2021? Now, none of us minds leaving behind, obviously, negative things, but there are things that we hold on to even when we know they're not good for us. There are habits that bring us momentary pleasure and comfort but are very detrimental to our health. There are relationships that feel temporarily devoid of loneliness but, in fact, hold us back from our future. There are comfortable and familiar places that prevent us from growing, advancing, moving closer to God, these are not as easy to leave behind because we must believe that there is something better ahead, often without any proof or assurance. Another radical thing about Abraham's faith, when he believed, he actually did something about it. Before he saw Canaan with his own eyes, he moved. When he arrived, even though the land belonged to someone else, Abraham built an altar to God. In fact, he built more than one altar, claiming the promise as if it already was fulfilled. That is pretty radical. When Abraham and Lot decided to divide the territory to accommodate their wealth, Abraham gave Lot their first choice, and Lot chose what looked good to the eye, a green, well-watered, fertile plain. Abraham chose the desert. Lot chose the promising. Abraham chose the promise. Lot chose the now. Abraham believed that God's promise is better than what looks better now. Years passed and Abraham's faith grew weary. What for does he need the land if he has no one to pass it to? He questions whether he understood the promise. He questions whether he wants the promise. Has your faith ever grown weary? It is ridiculous to assume that our faith remains unchanged through the waiting period, the struggles, the challenges. Faith weariness can take many forms. You may question whether you heard God in the first place. You may question whether you're good enough for God. You may just feel ashamed of your questioning and avoid God altogether. Faith weariness, the truth is, faith weariness is not displeasing to God. He does not look down at you. He does not think less of you. He does not revoke his promise because you're not strong enough. When Abraham expressed his disappointment to God, God responded in a very practical and precise way. He marked off his concerns one by one. No, Abraham, your servant will not be your heir. Yes, Abraham, you will have a son, not an adopted son, but a natural born son. And then he gave Abraham a visual of the stars in the sky just to communicate the numbers that Abraham's brain could not comprehend and said, this is how many children will be yours. And once again, aged, childless, faith-weary Abraham believed and it was counted to him as righteousness. You see, faith that counted to him as righteousness was a series of small steps. Believed that the promised land was better than what he already had, so he moved. Believed that it will be his, built an altar. 
believed that he will have a son, so he had Isaac. When Jesus tells us to seek his righteousness, he simply calls us to believe. Believe that the citizenship in his kingdom is worth giving up the current one. Believe that you are enough, even if no one else believes in you. Believe that what is a desert in your life right now will bloom like an orchard. Believe that it is never too late and never too early. God's promises are always on time. Believe that if your faith grows weary, you can take that weary faith to Him to be nurtured and restored and refreshed. Most importantly, believe that you can take just one more step towards that promise. Are you ready to join me in Jesus' challenge to seek the kingdom of God? Tune in to upcoming episodes. I'm excited to be on this journey together with you. Check out the information about the upcoming conference on our website, rfwma.org. If you can't make it to Branson, Missouri at the end of March to enjoy it in person, register for the digital conference and watch the sessions at your home on your schedule. Until next time, I'm Helen Todd. Limitless Spirit Podcast is produced by World Missions Alliance. We believe that changed lives change lives. If you want to see your life transformed by Christ's love, or if you want to help those who are hurting and hopeless and discover your greater purpose in serving Christ through short-term missionary work, check out our website, rfwma.org, and find out how to get involved.